Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, well, we talked to Butio today. Um, there's a new edition of the game out. Yeah. And about time too. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. But uh, the boss of uh, the company that makes a Butio joined us to tell us more about that. Uh, we had some uh, clips of the week pewter from 2009. Oh, they were good. seemed to go down well. There were some very good ones in there. Uh, Rob Lee, golf uh, reporter, former tour pro, joined us as well to look back uh, on uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's win in the US Open. And uh, friend of the show, Freddie Burns, a man we often see at Cheltenham uh, Festival, a man who loves his racing, of course, had a fantastic weekend with Leicester Tigers. So uh, we caught up with Freddie after a fairly brutal celebration. Uh, 48 hours uh, they've been at it by the sound of it. But anyway, here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. And uh, that was fun on Saturday, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. We, we came to you for a couple of hours, and if you were able to join us or not, between 12 and 2, building up to the Premiership uh, Rugby Final at Twickenham. We were in the in the fan zone there, just outside the yeah. stadium. It, you have to say, it was a much less malevolent atmosphere than a football match. Well, no one, well, no, <laughs> no one stuck a firework up their backside. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that always helps, I find. That's always the mark of a good, a good day out. And I'll tell you what I was in impressed with I've not been to Twickenham for years as I said on the show but acoustically it really holds the sound in we were up near the Leicester Tigers fans and there was a lot of those yeah. and it was really noisy in there so I'm very impressed with the, the noise levels and look it wasn't as our old friend Andrew McKenna was commentating for us you know there was a, the ball was in the air a lot it wasn't the greatest game but it was tense and it yeah. was exciting I thought it was really exciting it was the sort yeah. of game that was expected and it was a great finish and a great moment for Freddie Burns our guest from Cheltenham yeah look, we made somebody, it, we're trying to, I mean I'll take it I'll take it, it. That the guys have had a couple of heavy days but we have put in the call to Freddie so it's possible we could be chatting to him this afternoon and Tom May your co-commentator whatever happens we'll play you a little bit of commentary Brilliant. Uh, when there was only about three or four minutes left you know he is uh, yeah he is a sage as you'll he discover mystic Tom uh, it's footballers on holiday time and of course again, it is yeah. of snaps and uh, I have to say Jack Grealish's holiday does look slightly different to Cristiano Ronaldo's <laughs> I've got a feeling Jack won't be playing when he's 37 <laughs> just a guess <laughs> You don't. You don't know. I mean, they look like they were having a good time. Some of the stories. Well, why shouldn't they? they should be allowed to let oh, their yeah, hair down. No, they're on holiday, yeah, aren't they? I yeah. mean, you know, they're being they're being stalked wherever they go by journalists. But um, it, it was at one point we discovered at the weekend that uh, Jack and his friends are all in Vegas having a good time, as we say. Why shouldn't mm-hmm. they? Uh, the group had the best table at Zook Night Spot. Have you ever been to Zook Night Spot? I can't in Vegas? say I have actually. <laughs> and um, they tucked into. 
which is what people always uh, normally feasted. they didn't feast. They weren't eating. They were drinking. Drinking. They they tucked into. Oh. Which is it's a phrase that no one ever uses apart from a tabloid newspaper. They didn't feast. They tucked into a Balthazar. Of, of prestige <laughs> champagne. Do you know what a bottle? Oh, it's a type is? of bottle. It's the size of bottle. Yeah, yeah. twelve like lit- a magnum, but much bigger. It was called a twelve-liter vessel. Give it a bit of a medieval <laughs> feel there, the sun. Not Darius. A, a, tw- no, <laughs> a twelve-liter vessel equivalent of sixteen standard bottles, plus a uh, hundred bottles of house champagne. So, Lovely. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Balthazar. You've never had. I mean, you've you've eaten at the well, top I've never table. Had a Balthazar. You've never had a Balthazar. <laughs> look next door. Our team. Anybody ever had a Balthazar? Doesn't look. No, 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 no. Balthazar <laughs> indulges there. They've never had a vessel of, of, of that. Have you ever had a Balthazar? Let us know in what circumstances. <laughs> what sort of cool subjects? Oh, hello, Paul and Andy. I oh, have had a Balthazar. I had two Balthazars. Yeah, yeah. I had a Balthazar last week. It's spoons. Spoons do a good Balthazar. Fifteen ninety. We do it as a Twitter poll. Yeah, we don't necessarily want loads of you calling up saying yes or no. So. Have you ever had a Balthazar? Go to at TSHNJ in about five minutes' time, and uh, and we'll find out. Maybe I think it's maybe the only th- sort of thing that footballers can. Do they do a Balthazar of cheap champagne? Do they, <laughs> they do one of they do one of premium champagne. But yeah, uh, anyway, it's the word of the day. Uh, Balthazar, uh, do let us know. Maybe uh, have the stars ever bought you a pint? I often wonder if if you're in Vegas and you see Jack the stars and his ever table, bought you a Balthazar. Yeah, <laughs> if they're all there behind the rope. And, uh, you know, a Villa fan, he's, he wanders past. You're all right, Jack. And uh, <laughs> up the Villa. That's and, the last thing he wants to say. And, uh, I bet you, come here, mate. He can't go over. Right. I know he sounds like Mike Parry. But he'd go over. <laughs> okay. He'd go over. And I'm sure Jack would give him a little drop off the Balthazar. There's enough in the Balthazar, isn't there? I just love saying it. It's a great word. What a great word. There's enough in the Balthazar for uh, that Villa fan in his Villa shirt um, with Taylor on the I back. I knew a bloke called Gabe Balthazar at one point. You he was a bl- band leader. Yeah, I met him in Hawaii. <laughs> That's another story <laughs> altogether. Okay, no, look, you can't just chuck that in. You can't just chuck I that just in remember, and say I'm I met, a, thinking that the I met word, a band I leader called Gay Balthazar. Yeah. You sure that wasn't a horse at Kempton? <laughs> Did you meet this person or was it something you had a bet no, on? No, no, I met him. I met him and uh, I liked his music and I went back and watched him a second night and I got chatting to him. Are you something of a gay Balthazar groupie? <laughs> I don't know what you were saying there. Yeah. <laughs> I've just come out as a gay Balthazar fan. So, <laughs> so what did um, <laughs> what? So what sort of what was it about? Um, was he a band leader? He was a band leader. How big yeah, was the band? Big big band? I'd say about an eight piece, if I remember rightly. Okay, fair enough. I'd have to look it. I have to Google him. How many I'm sure horns? He's still in there. Oh, just, I can't remember. Okay, fair enough. About, I'm telling you, it was about forty years. Well, you, ago. you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of stuff was it? Modern jazz or uh, well, swing? At the time, it, like... it was modern jazz. Now okay. it might be considered more traditional. Traditional at the time it happened. Is he still out there, Gabe Balthazar? Oh, I doubt it. He was quite old at the time. So okay, I let's look him up, shall we? I, I can't believe we're doing this. Okay, yeah, this you are listening to Talksport, by the way. <laughs> Talking of expensive drinks, did you yeah. see this story in the Sun today about a pub is selling what's believed to be Britain's most expensive beer yeah. at eighty pound mm. fifteen a pint? Mm. It's a craft beer from America. Fine, no problem. Yeah. But I love the quote from one drinker who said, uh, he said, it's a little bit thin. This was Ben O'Neill, 22, or probably on Twitter. I definitely expect uh, something a bit more from something so expensive. The most I'd pay is £45 for a pint. That's all right. That's all right then, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't. Now, they do know how to charge for American craft beer, I'll tell you that. I was in one place once and um, Mm. I think he was trying to charge me $14. I said, no, mate, just one pint. (laughs) 
Expensive, it's got to be good for that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, the word of the day is Balthazar, and oh, Mike yeah. tells us Balthazar scored for Brazil in the 1950 and 1954 World Cups. The only player to score him, on yeah. two different opening days. So there we are. Most of you haven't uh, had one. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, there is a Twitter poll. I know you, and Steve Pye is right. You'd never guess the football season was over. But um, we've asked you this afternoon have you ever had a Balthazar of champagne? Uh, and uh, 90, what is it now? 94% of you are resounding no. Well, fair enough. Just six of you have. <laughs> I'd love to know the circumstances of who could afford. You know, talking of the 1954 World Cup. Oh yeah, I don't know if you remember. You've seen the footage of the. I think I remember, he was the captain of one of the teams. Was he of of Korea? He he's got glasses on. Yeah, like horn rim glasses. Yeah. Very unusual. Two of the Dutch team yesterday. Yeah, you don't see it very much now. No, wearing wearing like glasses. Proper horn rim. Yeah. You know, dark glasses. Not dark glasses, but dark yeah. frames. <laughs> yeah, not dark, dark glasses. glasses. That'd be ridiculous. I want to see somebody in a pair of glasses. <laughs> the sort of thing that uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is wearing today. Imagine if Marge Proops was a welder. I, I had these a are the glasses. Exactly, you I had a bought. pair of glasses exactly like that in the eighties. Big thick black thick, frames. Big things with red lenses. I couldn't wear them. They red lenses. So ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, turn they to like uh, him, red lenses. There were some great sporting events at the weekend. We'll, we'll chat to Freddie Burns about one of them uh, a little bit later on. We're talking Formula One as well, but we're going to talk golf now. And uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, a name mentioned in dispatches when we chatted to Bob Bubka late last week, along with uh, Shane Lowry, where my money went. Marvellous. And uh, and Rory, of course. But he was they were boasted in the mix. A fantastic win for Matt Fitzpatrick uh, at the, the ground where he won as an amateur in yeah, the tournament. Yeah, that's amazing. Quite the story, quite a few stories around this uh, victory. Rob Lee joins us, former tour pro uh, turned commentator at Sky. Hi, Rob. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you? Good, yeah, thanks. Good. After all the the live golf, uh, you know, everything that's been going on, the Ferrari around that, it was great for the PJ Tour that they had uh, a final day, and indeed a few days. And this was, a, this was a great US Open, wasn't it? It was a fantastic US Open, yeah, on a brilliant golf course that's uh, not amazingly long, but it's still got um, some unique features that test the best players in the world. And the weather wasn't horrendous all week, six under the winning score. And a great leaderboard going into the last day with so many possible permutations. And for Matt Fitzpatrick to win for the first time on the PJ Tour and it be a major and the US Open, pretty spectacular, I would say. He was fantastic. The fact that he'd won there before, I'm presuming that must have helped him a bit. Yeah, I mean, he, he yes, he won the US Amateur there. Uh, and he stayed with the family then with his brother caddying for him. All right, this time you had Billy Foster caddying for him. But they still stayed with the same family and his family came over. And he said himself, being back at a course that he knew he could play and being back with the family with the same kind of emotional environment for the few days of the tournament really, really helped. And I think that was a big part of, of why he came out on top. And he said, he said himself, if I just want to play every single tournament for the rest of my life here at Brookline, I'd be a very happy man. Um, looking at Billy Foster, he's caddy. Uh, in tears. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't yeah. realise, considering the bags he's been on, the stars, he's, mm. this was his first major, which I didn't realise. First major victory, yeah. Mm. I mean, Seve, Darren Clark, loads of great bags over the years, but winning major championships is hard. And, and for him to have had such a, a stellar caddy career without putting a major to his name, like he said, it was a gorilla on his back. And for Billy to come out on top, um, both he and Matt Fitzpatrick as a, as a pair, 
he's sort of got that Yorkshire stoicism and, and Matt doesn't give too much away when he's on the golf course. But I, I think they're both a bit like Morecambe and Wise. Billy is definitely Eric Morecambe and only Wise <laughs> is definitely Matt Fitzpatrick and they just work beautifully together. He seems popular in this. There's been a lot of love for him. Um, he yeah. seems like a popular guy on the tour. So tell us, you've met him, I'm sure, Rob, an awful lot. Yeah. What's, what's, what's he like? Uh, what I would say is when you see him on the golf course and he's in the office, he's got his game face on and that doesn't change too much. He never gets too excited or he, he doesn't, he's not effusive. He doesn't give you too much when he does something phenomenal, but you saw him yesterday when it was all done and dusted and he could let the guard down and, and be the Matt Fitzpatrick. That's the Matt Fitzpatrick you meet socially for your outside the golf course environment, dinner or in a bar somewhere, or you're chatting to Matt. That, that's the Matt that he is. But when he's on that golf course, he is all business, uh, and boy, did he did he prove that yesterday. The the other thing was, I mean, we're watching the closing stages. I mean, a lot of fortitude can, when you consider who was chasing him, and you're mm. watching it, and you're rooting for him, and you're rooting for Rory. But you're thinking Scotty Scheffler has, has got a major to his name. He's been here before. He can handle the pressure. And you start thinking, can he can he maintain this? But but he did, didn't he? Brilliantly, and you know he can take that into other tournaments. You do wonder, is this the start of something big for him potentially? Well, I think it potentially is. I think when you look at Matt, he he has been steadily improving all the time. Take yourself back to the last Ryder Cup when he was in the last match, and he's in the middle of the fairway and he duffed it into the hazard, and because he lost that point. On the last hole, it was a record-winning performance for the Americans. That would have been a low point for Matt. And then at the PJ Championship, he's in with a great chance, and he lets that go in the final day. And then he comes to the US Open, the toughest of all the tests, of all the majors, and he comes through. You know, he finds the metal that you need to get it done against. There are no better players in the world than the ones he was playing against, uh, and he can hold his head up now. And I do think you're right. I think, looking forward... There's no reason he's got to have so much confidence now going into the Open at St Andrews next month. You, mm. You've got to think he's going to be a rider there for sure. The bunker shop at the 18th was pretty special. Yeah. Wasn't it? I mean, look at that. What about the role of Greg Norman though? He turned up there and he did a classic <clears throat> bit of what aboutery, didn't he? You know, he sort of said the PGA Tour of 23 sponsors doing 40 billion plus worth of business with Saudi Arabia. It's hypocrisy. You know, has he got a point or is he just basically trying to justify himself? Look, he's got a one-man <clears throat> vendetta against the PJ Tour. Why, I don't know, because it made him fabulously wealthy and it's uh, an ecosystem that works very well along with the DP World Tour. Then along comes an entity that wants to strip away the best players from the PJ Tour and from the players in Europe and create their own 48-man field every, every one or two weeks um, for 14 or 15 weeks a year. That's their plan. So if you've got the best players in the world playing 14 or 15 weeks a year and you put four majors on top of that, that's all they want to play. That's 18 tournaments a year. That means the rest of the tours can go to hell. Well, you know, there's going to be resistance to that. I think Norman's mm. deluded. Um, and I think the players have no ambition, the ones that have gone there to live. Zero ambition. Because you saw what ambition looked like yesterday. And it wasn't uh, three rounds, shotgun start, silly money. It was somebody at the very end of their nerves, giving their very, very best against the best players around. That's what you saw yesterday. That's what Liv will never mm. be. Yeah, and over the there. weekend, the guys who've played at, at the Liv tournament um, got a taste of uh, what it's like. You know, Brookline, they're, you know, never, they're never silent there. They've got something on their mind and they were getting, I, I used to like you and they were getting stuff shouted at them about greed. So that, that's what it's going to be like all the time they stick with the, the alternative tour, isn't it? 
I, do you know, I think the answer is I've gone for the money and, and to hell with everything else. I'm going to, I'm going to have to take what comes my way. And, and that's the price you pay. You're getting well paid, um, ridiculously paid, millions of dollars paid to take on the opprobrium of crowds that have had a few too many beers in an afternoon. Uh, if you get back and playing tournaments around the world, we'll see how that one runs out. But um, they've already made their choice, you know, and, and, and I guess I guess it's not going to be easy at times. But do I have any sympathy? Absolutely not. Uh, do you sense, though, Rob, that this could work out well for those guys that stay loyal to the PGA Tour? There have been a lot of sort of uh, rumblings around it. And, and there's a lot of players that aren't happy with the distribution of funds. The PGA makes a lot of money and a lot of players... Not enough to jump ship and go to live, but there are a lot of players still on the tour who feel a higher percentage of that uh, should go in prize money. So do you think ultimately to placate those and stop more players leaving to go to the live tournament, we'll see an increase uh, in the money that comes uh, through the PGA Tour? I think the PGA Tour has already been putting funds up because they got a mahusive TV deal for the next uh, decade or so. So that's already filtering down to, to where the players are. It's a members organization. It exists for the members, for the players that play there. So um, I, I think the notion that it's got a huge wadge of money and it's going to keep it for itself and not and not make the tour. It's like a charity. You have a charity. It costs money to run the charity. Everyone mm. says, well, you know, you're only getting 87 pence in the pound that's going to the cause. Yeah, but but that 13 pence has to be there. You have to have money to run the thing and that's the story with the PJ tour it's that thing uh, listen, of grassroots rob isn't it when you say where does the money go it goes into grassroots it goes into developing the game and it's one of those things that you can't sort of quantify it's a bit like that in football <laughs> when they say that about the fa because you can't quantify it in quite the same way you know people start to read an awful lot into it you can be an average player on the pj tour and be a multi 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 millionaire so i'm not sure where um, there's any paucity of funds for the players that take part, if you all the tour exists for is to ask the question, are you good enough? And if you've got the talent and you're good enough, you're going to make yourself very, very wealthy and provide for your family for generations to come. That's all it can do. It's not there to make sure that it feeds everybody because it's a meritocracy. If you play well enough, you get paid. And if you don't play well enough, well, you might have to find something else to do. Professional sport is hard. It's just not easy. Mm. It's very, very difficult. Sacrifice is involved. And determination. You saw that yesterday with Matt Fitzpatrick. A better example you couldn't find. And just finally, where mm. does this leave Rory McIlroy? He was, you know, uh, came up to Matt Fitzpatrick and saw what he'd he? done. Yeah, it was a yeah. lovely moment. Good tournament for him, I think. Yeah, good tournament. Yes. He would have been disappointed to have got himself in that situation. The way he played uh, the week before, feeling that another major was on, and to come up short again. I mean, how do you think he'll be feeling about that? Um, do you know, I think I think there was a lot of good stuff in there. I, I thought he held on tiger-like on the Saturday when he didn't have his game at all in that back nine and he somehow scrambled pars for the last half dozen holes to give him an outside chance in the final day. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there for Rory. You saw how he, how he won in Canada and you saw in Canada how, how big a deal Rory is just in the world of golf. I mean, Rory is golf right now. Mm. Tiger's going to play a limited schedule if he comes back. Uh, and R Rory's the guy. Rory's the number one guy. So he's not far away, Rory McIlroy. I, I think he's, you know, he's top 10 in all the three majors, finished second at the Masters, um, top five this, this week. He goes to St. Andrews. Um, who's going to say he's not going to win then? Any year you win a major, you've had a phenomenal year. What, one last thing before I go. Yeah. 
I actually have had a Balthazar of champagne. Oh, God, fantastic. Yes. In yes. what circumstances? You boxy. Yeah, boxy. I bet he drank the, <laughs> the, the bulk of it. So, no, if boxy was there, I'd just got one glass out of it. <laughs> In what it's circumstances only... did you get the Balthazar? Okay. 12 litre ba- bottles. Yeah, it's like, I think it's 16 or 18 bottles of champagne in one mm. bottle. Well, the thing you've got to realize, so a friend of mine who played the tour many years ago, Peter Teravainen, an American, mm. uh, wherever he was, he won the Balthazar of Champagne, and he kept it in his in his flat that he'd rented in London for one or two years. It was just lying there. I mean, it's a big old thing. But you think, how do you cool down a Balthazar of Champagne? Because the cork is like your ankle. It's that big. <laughs> and you have, to, you have to fill up the bath completely with ice, so buckets and buckets of ice to put this bottle in. It's like, um, it's just enormous. It takes a couple of people to carry it down. And then you try, then you take the, the wire hosing on top off so you can get the cork off. The cork, once it released, flew three gardens. It flew across three gardens. <laughs> we opened it outside so it wouldn't do any damage. But we're game, we're game competitors. We managed to finish it off. Oh, well done. 96 yeah. glasses. Eat, as in 96 glasses you get from a Balthazar, or as it's Alan Brazil biggest, calls you know. it, a, a warm-up. No. There's a Nebuchadnezzar. There's, that's yeah. Bigger. Nebuchadnezzar. And there's even one beyond that. That's I, 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 I mean, the Balthazar is big, and Nebuchadnezzar mm. must be massive, but there's one way and beyond that. I'm not sure. I'm the not the sure biggest one called, is a Melchizedek. <laughs> Never heard of that, that one. Melchizedek. Okay. Three, 3,000 litres, that one. So oh, my big. goodness. It's Money. It's yeah. Like they're, all, they're all biblical names. <laughs> they get through that in breakfast. That's, that's for the TalkSport Christmas party. <laughs> I think it is. It's for the TalkSport breakfast show, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Cheers, Rob. Good to talk to you. All the best. Stay, stay well, fellas. Uh, Rob Lee there, former European Tour Pro and Sky commentator reflecting on the US Open world under Matt Fitzpatrick. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We will talk a bit of Chelsea, as um, Fletch was just telling you, the, the hierarchy have gone, really, in Gran of Sky. It looks like she could be going mm. soon, and Bruce Buck has gone. So all change at the top at Chelsea. Maybe you needed a change. I think that. it's the right thing to do, yeah, you know. When you own it. It's difficult if you, you, you... These are two people who serve Chelsea well, but they are absolutely associated with the previous owner. Sure. You know, and... Uh, and as like I said on Friday, you know, Abramovich's checkbook covered up a lot of mistakes mm. and also some of the moves they made. I mean, selling Gay to More, Livramento and Abraham to buy, to finance Lukaku was just bonkers. Yeah. Now they find themselves two centre-halves short and they've sold two, probably the two best young centre-halves in the country, you know. So I think that's that's quite disappointing. Really. And you're talking about um, Nathan Ake, you say they, you know... He, well, he again, was... you know, they had a chance to buy him back. They didn't. They should never have let him go in the first place. So you, you didn't know. have a buyback clause when he went to Bournemouth? No, they had a buyback clause oh, right. and they ignored it. Ah. So City came in and took him. Mm. And you, know, you think to yourself, well, if, if Pep Guardiola thinks he's good enough, well, why didn't Chelsea think he was good enough? It was a very odd thing. Yeah. And he, he's he's very versatile player. And you've know, been linked can... to him again now. You're going to have to pay top dollar they for need him. They need You know, everybody wants a left-sided centre-half. Yeah. And also he can double up as a wing-back, you know, left-back. So, yeah, but, but we'll see. They're not, I don't doubt whether City are going to sell Chelsea two players. That would seem unlikely. It would do, yes. Uh, readers offers trousers. Uh, a gift <laughs> that back. never stops giving. They're back. Honestly. Mm. This is for the super durable, ever-dependable drill jeans, versatile alternative to denim. Yeah. Uh, it says... Uh, I mean, what's more versatile than denim, let's be honest? <laughs> if you found a versatile true. alternative to denim... <laughs> 
Yeah. It says here, our drill jeans come in an array of colours chosen to suit all outfits in every season. This is the bit I like. In an uncertain world, there are good to know there are some things you can rely on. So never mind about inflation, yeah. COVID, war in Ukraine. As long as you've got your drill trousers, yeah. you're, you're laughing. That gives you a certain amount of, <laughs> certain amount of cert- certainty, certainty in your life, in your which life. is always a great joy. <laughs> uh, we're asking you this afternoon because uh, the football season's over. Mm. Have you ever had a Balthazar? Although it is football-related, if you've picked up a tabloid newspaper, uh, you'll know that uh, probably about a dozen uh, tabloid journalists have basically been sent to follow Jack Grealish on holiday. And I'm sure he's delighted at that. But, uh, yeah, Jack at the moment is uh, every move... Every time he looks... Uh, photographers deliberately trying to get him looking bleary-eyed, even if he'd just come out of breakfast having had <laughs> a coffee. He did look quite bleary-eyed. <laughs> he did. He's on holiday. I mean, he's had a tough season. Champagne. I don't think it was a Balthazar. I don't think it was. Well, was it a Balthazar? I don't know. Anyway, Not I, him, but some other I, person. I, I, I don't eat at the top tables like this. I certainly don't drink at them. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a Balthazar. Although Mike Ashley, not that one, has sent us pictures. He had a Balthazar of red wine. Not this morning. <laughs> not this morning. Uh, at Christmas, he was telling us. But um, have you ever had one? The TalkSport listeners, a good 95% mm. of them, uh, haven't had the pleasure. Um, almost got within touching distance of a Balthazar, says Dave, uh, after blagging our way to the Verve Clico stand at the Southampton Boat Show. A group had just spent £4.5 on a princess boat. We made out we were part of the group... Uh, but ended up with peasant-sized bottles, so little well, mini fair ones. Enough, Better than nothing. Good blag. Right? Nothing, yeah. Thank you, Dave, for that. We were talking last week about Victoria Beckham uh, being picked up from a BA jet hmm. at the cost of £6,000. Yeah, we heard about that last week. Boy George was kicking yeah. off that he'd been held on the plane. Yeah, But yeah. when he realised it cost six grand to get off the plane first, he had less of a problem. With less it. of a problem. But though Darren Hewitt wrote to The Sun, he's got a problem with it. Oh, OK. I, I was incensed, he says, to read in The Sun. I don't know why. But in these <laughs> uncertain times, <laughs> get a if bit, it's not your drill trousers. drill trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was incensed to read in The Sun that other first-class passengers allegedly had to wait while Victoria Beckham left the BA jet first so she could be picked up by a chauffeur for an extra cost of 6000 Yeah, thanks for telling us all of that. This in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis. Well, she's not in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis, she is she? She never will be. No, I don't think so, really. And another wonderful letter from Les Holt, oh, yeah. uh, adding nothing as usual. England boss Gareth Southgate says he'll quit if he's not wanted, but his three Lions stars are flopping and unable to take chances. That leaves Gareth with a lot of work to do before the World Cup in November, and I rather wonder if he can achieve the transformation in that time. What is the point of that letter? Beautiful nuance point, I feel. <laughs> We're asking for your Subutio tales. We're going to talk Subutio <laughs> later on. There is a Lionesses set available. I'm surprised it hadn't been before, but there is now. Yeah, it's that makes the, You sense. can buy the full set. So, um, as we've got a European Championship, Women's European Championship coming up very shortly, which will bring you on TalkSport. Only right and proper we'll be chatting about that later on. Uh, and you are telling us about your Subutio tales uh, David, um, he's a, a veteran Runcorn Linnets fan. In my youth, I was addicted to the game to the point where in 1995, I played the entire FA Cup only from the third round, though. Played all oh, really? the games in the third round. Imagine if he'd gone <laughs> to the prelim in, round. On Subutia. Yeah, he played the third round onwards in Subutia. I suppose he had to mix That's and make do with the kits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I finished on the weekend of the actual fourth round and the spooky part was West Ham beat Fulham 2-0 in the final, which is what happened that year. Wow, that is incredible. So uh, we want some of your Subutio tales, your love of the game, some of the stuff you got up to, the odd teams, the odd players. 
uh, the breakages, just the, the stories around the fine game. And Colin tells us, my uncle, who's now in his late 70s, was a referee in the 80s at local level in Surrey and had to take a fitness test every year. It probably goes right down to the very well, base of grassroots. I think it's right, really. Yeah. Well, Although we'll, players don't have to prove they're fit to play No, that's very really true. And you see some real sights on a Sunday morning. So, anyway, we will be chatting about it's, that uh, very shortly. It's funny about uh, transfers, finally. It's very interesting. You can buy a player, like West Ham bought Sebastian Allaire. It was a yeah. disaster, wasn't it? He just didn't make it over here. They got rid of him. They got. He went back to Ajax. Now, Borussia Dortmund... Basically, spending twenty eight million on it. Yeah, I mean, so he did very you, well back it? at Ajax. Yeah, it's just amazing. Sometimes just players, some players don't suit this just league. Not a, well, yeah, not this league, or they're just not a great fit for whatever reason. You know, the fans seem to like him. He scored, didn't score a lot of goals, but one or two he did yeah. score were pretty spectacular. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I've taken my twenty six rounds, two semi finals. And it comes down to four minutes and 15 seconds of a shootout. Can anyone find a score? Drop goals. I, tell, I was just about to say, I tell you what, one person I would back to drop themselves in a pocket and go for a drop goal, Freddie Burns. Now the drive comes on from Leicester. To go now. Where's Burns? Burns is in the pocket, arms out. Ben Youngs, 20 seconds. Back to Freddie Burns for the drop goal. Get it up and underway. It's through the middle. What about that? Tom May, former Northampton Northampton back and England player, of course, calling that drop goal. I know. It was amazing, really. Now, we we were uh, broadcasting Mm. live from Twickenham. We were saying we were chuffed for Freddie Burns. We see him most years at Cheltenham when he's in the country playing. Exactly. And he pops along with the racing and, and comes to see us in the Paddy Power Box. And we're delighted to say he joins us now. Freddie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, lads. How are you both? Good. Oh, con- congratulations. What a moment. And what about old Tom calling it? Oh, mate, I know. Yeah, yeah amazing. Just um, still hasn't quite sunk in, boys, to be honest. I'm not sure whether that's the copious amounts of alcohol I've had in the last 48 <laughs> hours or just the sheer disbelief, mate. But um, yeah, what a moment. Uh, what a moment for the club. Um, and yeah, just one of those things that can never be taken away from you now. I mean, in that moment, because obviously everything's mm. gearing up for you to get into the, that position, because that's your role. So, I mean, you know, it's not like... But you some... did it in a quite a clever way, because I read that you, you were hiding a little bit, and Mac, I said, where's, he asked, where's Freddie Burns? So you didn't put yourself in the ov- most obvious position. No, so it's quite funny. I was actually talking to George Ford about this, because um, he hit a drop goal in the semi-final the week before. And uh, I find that if you sit in the pocket for ages, A... You just end up overthinking it, and B, you'll get a scrum half or something like that line you up, and sort of work out, you know, get a chance to get off the line and sort of sprint at you. So, I always try to stay a little bit flatter and drop a little bit later. Um, and then also Jasper Visa, what a carry to to nudge them on the back foot, and then uh, Ben Youngs, all the experience he's got, that little almost Matt Dawson esque in the World Cup final, just a little shake of the head, set them off a little bit early, which just gave me enough time to to shin a drop go over. At that moment, so when it comes to you, think, I mean, what are you thinking in that moment? You've got no time to think, I suppose. It's muscle memory, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It just it happens in the blink of an eye. I just remember um, hitting it, looking up, and it was flying like a brown paper bag in the wind, to be fair. <laughs> um, but when I looked up, it was slap bang between the posts. So, uh, I honestly, the, there's a, there was a, a video posted this morning, I think, from BT Sport or something about... Um, and it's the angle from behind, and you'll see that I'm running back 
in sheer disbelief. And then I still realised there's there's 20 seconds on the clock. So mm. trying to get the boys on it. But when I managed to kick the ball off at the end, like what a what a feeling. I didn't quite know what to do, boys, to be honest. No, it was great. <laughs> I, I mean, mean yes. you mentioned, sorry, Paul, you mentioned George Ford there. And you, you had, unluckily for him, he had to go off. Uh, but it worked out well for you. Yeah, I mean, that's been my role this year in the team, whether it's been playing 10 or fullback, covering for George or for Freddie Stewart. And, you know, I've had to be ready in, in two positions. Um, you know, the semi-final, I end up coming on with only two minutes gone at fullback. Um, and, yeah, I was gutted for 40. You know, he deserved a, a better um, a better opportunity than the one he did. Um, but I'm just thankful that we're sending him off rightly as a, as a premiership champion as well because he's been outstanding for us all year. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Saracens never got going, or you never let them get going, really. They were, you know, they couldn't get their creative players on the ball. They couldn't really get a rhythm in the game. And a lot of that is a testament to the way Tigers played and, and the way that Steve Borthwick and the coaches set you up. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, I think. The, the defensive element of our game that Kevin Sinfield has brought in this year has been brilliant. And I thought um, the coaches got it spot on. It was a, it was a masterclass from them. The tactics that we put in the team going through the week, you know, we always believed we could, we could get a result. Um, you know, everyone sort of wrote us off that Sarri's team, all the big name players and all that. I don't think many people really gave us too much of a chance, um, but it was a masterclass from the coaches and the boys executed the game plan well. And yeah, you know, you're in it in those final moments and it can swing either way. And lucky enough, it swung for us. Yeah. It was an interesting game, wasn't it? Because Leicester had a chance at 12-6 to kick a goal. They spurned it, didn't go over for the try. And then it got back to 12-12. So you must have been a bit worried at that point. Oh, boys, honestly, I thought I butchered it. Because <laughs> I, the penalty that we turned down on the 15-metre <clears> line, <throat> like normally I'm a lot more, I'll look at Genji, I'll catch and I'll say, Genji, I'll hit it. I'll hit it. But for some reason in that moment, we felt like we had them. And we felt like it was a... Uh, a breaking point in the game to back our drive to score and credit to Saracens, you know, they're a world-class team and, and they kept us out and suddenly with a few minutes left, they've got that scrum under the post and I'm thinking we're dead here and, you know, we should have taken that, that three points, but lucky enough, like they went for the, the they went for the three points, which surprised me not going for the scrum mm. um, and it gave us a chance, but that's been us all year as well, lads. Like we've been fighting, we've been in some close games and, and we never know when we're beat and, we got down there, stuck to our guns, still applied the kicking game and the opportunity came up and, and we took it. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, you, you mentioned George Ford, he's, he's going to miss He's going to miss the England tour to Australia, isn't it? It looked like a nasty one. It, it looked like he, he could see how gutted he was because he, he wasn't just, you know, not being able to finish that game. He probably saw that the summer had gone as well. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's tough on forty, especially in those in those big games to to come off that early. You know, you're absolutely gutted for him. Um, even for me, I knew it would be my opportunity to come on, but before I come on, I'm I'm there. I'm I'm hoping that he gets to his feet and and can continue because it's no less than he deserves. But look, he'll probably have a bit of a layoff. I don't know how severe the injury is. Um, but one thing, he'll come he'll come back better than ever. Um, there's no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, like I said, just to send him off as a Premiership champion was great. And lovely scenes at the mm. end with uh, Alice Genji and the trophy and Tom Young's a terrible time for, for the, the family. Uh, but yeah, lovely scenes with the guys lifting the trophy together. Massively. And I think that's what this club's built on. You know, it's been built, you know, a couple of years ago, they were saved from relegation by the Saracens salary cap uh, salary cap stuff. And, and they built it from 
from the ground up on on people like Tom Youngs. And even this year, you've seen Kevin Sinfield and what he's done for for Rob Burrows, and and all that is instilled in the boys. So to to win it, not just for the fifteen on the field. You know, we came back to Welford Road after the game, and all the staff, the ticket office, you know, the ground staff, those people that do work around the club are all there to see what it means to them. And then obviously Tom and Tom and Tiff and his family. It's just, um, yeah, it was an emotional uh, occasion, but great to have him there and give him a bit of joy in, in what's been a tough time. You can hear the, the, the effect it's had on the voice, Freddie. So it's been a big sort of 40-odd uh, hours, is it, <laughs> uh, post-match? <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty long. Boys, you know me from the, old, from the races, I, I like a beer. Um, but it's been it's been pretty lively now, you know. I've celebrated with the boys, and today I'm I'm back with a girlfriend. So I promised her that we'll go out for a for a nice meal and a, and a few glasses of wine tonight. So um, I don't intend on on slowing down for a while. Fantastic. <laughs> and you mentioned only Steve Borthwick uh, up close, and I mean yeah. it's funny at the end. You, uh, I think Stephen Joe saying yesterday in the Times, you couldn't tell really whether at that final moment whether uh, Tigers had lost or won. I he, I think he was he looked quite emotional. Um and but he's been linked with England and the, yeah. the amazing job he's done in a short time. What's he like to work under? Yeah, he's an amazing coach, mate. He's um he's a weird bloke, but he's an amazing <laughs> <coach>. <laughs> but it, no, he just um that's Steve all over. Um and you know with Steve, if you get a little wry smile from him or, or sometimes just even a look um, you know he's happy and I think he was just more happy that he you know everything again with Tom and stuff like that it was it was a huge relief for everyone at the final whistle with the emotions built and Steve wears his, his heart on his sleeve so um, yeah mate he was happy believe it or not he was happy but <laughs> I, you know you can forgive people for thinking otherwise well, Freddie congratulations uh, we're chuffed for you and uh, have a great summer and, and if we don't see you before we'll, we'll see you at Cheltenham so all the best <laughs> Boys, I'll see you at Cheltenham. Thanks as always. Pleasure. Take care. Freddie Burns there kicking the drop goal at the Great weekend. At I'm a bit of a sports romantic. You know what a walk-off home run is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, it just was a slight pity for me that it wasn't the last kick of the game. Mm. There were four seconds left and they had to defend. Yeah. It would have been just so great to they do that. They didn't have just... to defend for long. No, no, <laughs> but there's something about that walk-off feeling where you just, that's the end of the game, that's yeah. it. You know, but no. anyway, it was still a wonderful moment. But yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Well done to Freddie and uh, to Tigers. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? 
Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Now, uh, of a Monday, we like to uh, dust off some old Clips of the Week pewter. We couldn't call them gold. We wouldn't necessarily play them all on... Christmas Eve, but there's hopefully some good ones in there. These are, uh, as they appeared in August, uh, August September 2009. We've not heard them since. The producer is our curator of these. Yeah, he so says if you don't like him, week. he's to blame. If you do like him, he gets the credit. Um, so, uh, Andy, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, we begin with the moose and a sport we weren't aware of. And finally, cheese boxing, the hybrid sport. Cheese boxing. <laughs> Is that boxing up large cheeses? I've got no idea. Oh, that's what it was. Chess boxing. Oh, chess boxing, of course. The sport of cheese boxing. (laughs) Good old miss. Uh, (laughs) Over to Alan Brazil now, kicking off another breakfast show. Now, 10 minutes after 6 o'clock. Crikey, um, I didn't watch the game live, Ronnie. I did see the headlights. Did see the head? Get out the road, Alan. You're going to get run over. I saw the headlights. <laughs> it's probably the World Cup fine. It probably was. This is Danny Kelly alongside Matt Holland taking a call. Here's Gareth in County Down. Hi, Gareth. Hello, lads. How you doing? Hi, Very Gareth. good. Now, I think you, you, you've got some experience of watching football on the internet, yes? Yeah. Uh, say hello to Andy first. Big hero of mine, being an Ireland one. Matt. Matt. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Such a big hero. Such Got a his hero. Such a huge uh, hero. Uh, Alan Brazil again, uh, talking South America. Ray Parle in the studio. Up to 10 o'clock now, there is a massive game over in Monte de Vedeo. Monte de Vedeo. <laughs> Monte de Vedeo. Fantastic. Beautiful. Brilliant, isn't it? Nothing's changed. Sticking with Alan, here he is reading out a text. Uh, James Richards, uh, Teddy Cahill. Uh, sorry, James Richards. Uh, it's weird, this one. <laughs> well, it's James Richard, like that. James Richard Terry Cahill. <laughs> Conservative. I don't know what it is. What's going well, on Presumably there? it was a text from a bloke called James Richard and he was talking about John Terry and Gary Cahill. Yes. Uh, well, be my guess. You, you speak, Alan. <laughs> After all these years, you've, I learned, do. you've learned to speak, Alan. I took the Michelle Thomas course. Yes. <laughs> and that wasn't the only time Alan was struggling to get his words out. So basically, 4 million youngsters, 72%, are failing to play regular and competitive sporting fixtures at school. So 72% are failing to play regularly. He was a bit incompetent. He took it on again as well. <laughs> repeating. Oh, don't repeat it, Al. Uh, here's Mike Parry with a quiz question. How many O's in the word trappatini? <laughs> Dear, I think uh, Mike Parry in a nutshell that is isn't it really? there are none are there <laughs> yes anyway Manchester reporter Don McGuinness now getting very emotional Gomez is on for Sharna the goal scorers for, well, for Wigan and Zogbia just seconds before half time that one equalised just seconds after the restart by, by Petrov oh, oh god such a great game so many goals uh, this is Mike Parry alongside Andy Townsend taking a call 
Uh, let's speak to John, who's in East London. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andy. Hi, John. Yeah, hello, John. Hello, Alan. <laughs> Alan! <laughs> Alan Parry. <laughs> oh, dear. Over to breakfast, and Alan Brazil and Ronnie Arani are talking about their sponsors. The UK's best-selling handsaw, the Quick Grip XP, one-handed bar clamp, plus much, much more. Oh, courtesy of our friends at Selco Builders Warehouse. Yeah, they are really an adult, uh, adult toy shop. <laughs> Don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been a short-lived uh, sponsorship. <laughs> what happened to the not, sponsorship? <laughs> not sure it is. They bought a lot of little, sh- <laughs> a lot of old little chefs on the A1. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's Mickey Quinn with uh, Adrian Durham on players being seen out partying. Someone took a picture of him having a good time in a nightclub. If it's, Saturday if night it stops. Saturday night after yes, the game. I don't care what night it is. It, because that's important. He's gone out for a meal and you know, and a good night out with his mates and and his girlfriend and his wife. I <laughs> mean, different times. <laughs> yeah, were, different times, really, <laughs> in the world of football. Mickey, going back to there, and finally, Andy, and finally, it's back to Ronnie Arani with Alan Brazil, and Ronnie's reading out a text. 13 minutes before 9 o'clock. Got a great text here. Got a great text here from Simon Wright. He's saying, uh, I'm in Rotterdam at my mum and pa's. I was listening to your fantastic show. No. Is there any chance that you can give a discreet mention? This is to Philip and Dorothy. In Rotterdam. Oh, no, Rotherham. (laughs) 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 The beautiful South quickly rewriting (laughs) that that song. song, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This could be Rotherham. (laughs) Rotherham or anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. There we are. So, yeah, the producer was right. He did a fine job there. So, there we are. Some. some good ones there. Uh, and we'll bring you some more clips of the week pewter from a similar sort of era mm. around the same time next week. Uh, there we are. We're going to talk about the changes in the Chelsea hierarchy later on and the new broom, looks like Todd Bowley, as I'm sure Matt Lawton will be telling us, is going to be the new chairman of the club as he owns it or co-owns it. But uh, what's your favourite Bruce Buck moments, Andy? Have you got any... Can you give us your top ten? <laughs> your top ten Bruce Buck moments? I used to like it when he came, you, he'd come on TalkSport with Saggers on a Saturday morning. He often would. And it was really good. I mean, you got some insight, so I yeah. used to like him on that. He often had his tie undone, didn't he? Yeah. Often, I don't know why he... It was a kind of, well, kind I think, of relaxed look. he did a good look. job. I mean, yeah. he was always a kind of... You know, there was only one person whose voice really counted Chelsea Although you never even heard years. it. Although you never heard it, yeah. exactly. But that's the truth of it. So everybody else was a kind of facilitator. I, I mean, that's, th- that's, that's why there are very few comment. Roman Abramovich impersonators. So I don't think anybody could go and do the voice. <laughs> I don't think I could, really. I, mean, well, I thought it was going to be a bit like that. A bit, it being the, yeah. a bit like our old mate Joe Pasquale. I don't Maybe think that's, it was, then. that's why he was loath to do press conferences. I don't know. But mm. uh, anyway. In the, yes, oh, Andy. Come on, you uh, carry on. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Neighbours top Channel 5's ratings last week. What a brilliant decision to get rid of it. Well, well you, know, done. you know, now you know now they know it's going. People are suddenly tuning in. They've shot the last scenes, haven't they? They yeah, have. They yeah. the, well, I you, expect them to watch the. I imagine the last ever show will get a big audience. Yeah. But you know, I don't think people are tuning in just because it's ending. I think people like it. You know. Do you know how it ends? Are you, are you aware oh, of I the don't final know. line? Who who would be? I mean, no, you are a huge. Are you, is is there well, going to be a hole in your life? No, no absolutely. Right, there's going to be a hole in my life. It's my guilty. When pleasure. did you start watching it? At what point did you start watching it? Then? I think seriously started watching it when we were doing fantasy football. Right, and, okay. I'm sure David and Frank are delighted to well, know no, that. Well, no, it was a quite a highly pressurised job, and yeah. so we'd take a break deliberately in the middle of the day to watch Neighbours. You'd have half an hour, would yeah, you? Yeah. Put a little 20, 25 minutes 25 aside. 25 minutes, yeah, and, you know, and then sort of 
take the It's like a stress it. ball, television well, very stress much a ball. It's a televisual it? stress ball, yeah. yeah. So that was fair enough. And then you enough. got hooked on the characters and the storylines. Really got to like it, yeah. And so that's uh, the that's the sort of early nineties. So uh, then I had a neighbour's party one year. That was fantastic. Neighbour's Christmas party. It was yeah. marvellous. Alan Fletcher came on from Australia. Live via satellite. Live via satellite to wish everybody a happy Christmas. Who did you go as? Uh, Lou Carpenter, didn't you? Uh, no, did I? I've forgotten now. It's <laughs> great, it was his party. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Too long ago, yeah. We could do a quiz where I tell you things about yourself that you've forgotten. <laughs> I think I did go as Lou Carpenter. Yeah. Right. yeah it's true. We're yeah. going to be talking um, Subutio a little bit later on because mm. there is a new women's set that is available um, featuring uh, the Lionesses team. So I take it, who are the like? There must be two teams. We've you saw the two box. teams, yeah. Who's the other team in there? Harlem Globetrotters. No, no, no idea. Idea. We'll find out. We'll find out from we'll the good people out, of yeah. Uto. We're going to be talking a bit of Formula One uh, later on as well. And don't forget, four o'clock this afternoon, Andy Goldstein and Andy Townsend will be bringing you Drive. Uh, Andy, anything else you want to share with us? I'm fascinated by the Daily Star. They do love, I'd say probably at least once a week, their front page is a weather story. Yeah. And often it it doesn't even transpire. You know, you, they say, oh, it's going to be an absolute heat wave this week, and it isn't. And I, and I can't quite work out what the idea of it is. I mean, you know, for example, Charlotte wouldn't start her bulletin with the weather. No, but we are a, a nation obsessed with it, aren't we? Yeah, so, but you wouldn't, I mean, it I wouldn't be your lead story, you know. Britain is well, set for four more heat waves this summer. Are we? Well, what can we do about <laughs> it if it happens? Nothing. <laughs> It's just okay. rubbish. It's pointless information. What can you do with that what, information? What, the weather is pointless information? The weather it, for four months in the future is... But what, what can you do about it? Take it up with John Ketley, well, mate. I very much will do. Uh, so you've basically <laughs> dissed the world as weather forecasting completely. <laughs> well, it has no merit whatsoever. You know, if you're planning a picnic or a wedding or uh, something like that that depends on being Are you outside. planning a picnic or a wedding? I'm not, actually. Okay. <laughs> but if I was, I'd want to know the weather. Yeah, you would. But other than that, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I certainly wouldn't make it my front page. Well, um, okay. With all the stories well, that are going on in well, the world. Well, you get today. yourself your own newspaper, you'll be able to do that. Um, <laughs> the Mark Daily from, Moan. Oh, yeah, that would be it. Mark <laughs> from Norwich says, This young lad I loved Sabutio and was gutted when I knelt mm. on Archie Gemmell. Oh, dear. That's always disappointing. <laughs> it's a terrible thing, isn't it? I know, but I glued him back up and he was noticeably shorter, which for Archie wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. One thing at the Design Museum, they, they had Subutio, very early sets, mm. and that was when the players were two-dimensional. They, they only oh, yeah. became three-dimensional much later. They used yeah. to be this sort of plastic I remember, yeah, picture of a, a player. Flat, yeah, yeah flat little flat things. things. Yeah, 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 that's right. Before they, they got to, One of the listeners said, um, I had a basic uh, Subutio set-up, red and blue teams. I broke one of the players, but we actually had one of the people that lived around the corner who worked for Subutio. Oh, that was handy. So uh, he, d- he did all repairs for me in his big shed in the garden. And gave me a few spares. Wow. So having somebody who worked in the factory and put them all together, beautiful. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, Forrest doing a bit of business, uh, Fletch tells us. Uh, they've been linked with a few other players, one of which is uh, Tottenham's uh, Joe Roden. And it, it'd be a shame to see him go. I think most Tottenham fans feel that he could have got a bit more game time. He's never really mm. had the opportunity. I think it'd be a good signing for them. Yeah, he's maybe. A decent sign. He always looks very good I for Wales. Be, I just think it's going to be very difficult. They've got Steve Cooper, which is, gives you hope. I yeah. But you can't see it being anything but a tricky season. Yeah. Well, look, who knows? We'll I mean, they come in, you, you, as you've said before, you know, if these teams come in with a real way of playing and a personality about the way they play, the way Brentford did, mm. 
Um, it always helps, obviously, if you sign a world-class player like Christian Eriksen. But, um, you know, you can survive and you can thrive in the Premier League. Yeah, it was League. interesting, I was listening to Natalie this morning and she obviously wants Eriksen to say, but she was saying it's not true to say that, you know, he saved Brentford and we would have gone down without him. I was thinking, mm, not so sure. No, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll but never they, know. He got them out of a sticky mm. patch, didn't he? From that, he did. From I mean, that first you know, goal, his record was incredible. The, that first ball in for the Ivan Tony's header, wasn't yeah, it? That cross. Yeah. You thought, OK, they're on to something here. It's, Quality. Uh, and he made everybody else better. That was the thing. Yeah. So we're going to turn to Sabutio now. And uh, clearly from all the emails and texts and tweets we've had from him, they still a lot of love, a lot of nostalgia and still a lot of love for the game. And they have released their first ever female football set. It's uh, England's uh, Lionesses teams. Uh, we've got the Bureaus coming up, so I guess that has uh, a bearing on it as well. Joining us now from um, University Games of the people that uh, make Sabutio uh, is the MD, Richard Wells. Good afternoon, Richard. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, thank you. So this is the first ever women's team that you've had, is that right? That's absolutely right, yeah. We uh, we actually launched it last year. It was due to come out uh, a little while before, but uh, as with many things, it got COVIDed out of existence for a while. But uh, we launched it last year, but obviously with the Euros coming up, as you rightly say, it's... Uh, it's generated a lot of interest now. So, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing sales spike and, and everybody having some fun, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that the design in football uh, exhibition at the Design Museum, and it was there, and I was quite surprised to see it. I hadn't heard of it before that. Yeah, I mean, it actually came at uh, the FA. When we do a deal with the FA for the England men's team, and we also have a Wembley Stadium and an England Rubik's Cube, and they actually came to us when we first did that deal and said, look, could we put the Lionesses team on? And it was just the quickest answer ever to say yes, because uh, Lionesses is such a fantastic brand. And, you know, they speak so well to to young girls as well as boys uh, throughout the country that it was an easy decision to, to do it. And as I say, we brought it out a year ago and it's just now really beginning to get the traction that the product deserves, I hope. Um, have you? I mean, surely you need mm. two teams to play a game of football. So is there another is there another women's team coming? Obviously it's not the USA, they always beat us. But well, um, have you got strangers to say that. We, mm. we, have a, we have a USA uh, company and... They are currently in some conversations to work out whether they can do a USA team. But huh. um, if you buy the, this game, this is the uh, the main game. So it comes with two teams. It comes with the England licensed women's team, which has the badge on it and the number and all of that stuff. And then mm. there's also a, a red and white um, women's team oh. alongside. So you can play against that. You'll you'll just have to find a team in red and white to to play maybe Wales or somebody. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the figures look really good actually. You've, they obviously have a, a shape to them, and also the, the girls have buns, uh, and they, most of them have their hair up, so they, it looks yeah. good. And also mixed race, which is important. If you remember back in the good old Sabutio days, or perhaps we should call them the bad old days, um, the players were all one colour. Now throughout our Sabutio, we have. Uh, mixed race players and as you say the the, the ladies in the, in the uh, lionesses version have various appropriate hairstyles and hair up hair down they, they look great yeah mm, okay. so um the game is, is still as popular as ever i mean you're finding it's it's still successful for you still sells steadily even though it's sort of analog in a digital world really it is, although interesting that you say that because one of the people that's we've got a new 75th anniversary edition. It is the 75th anniversary of the first commercially available Sabutio mm. this year. And we're launching a 75th anniversary, which has got a golden ball in it. Not real gold, I should add, mm. but a uh, golden coloured ball and also corner flags. And it's in a special box and so on. And that's actually been listed by game. So I guess that's kind of the quintessential um 
you know, console gaming, computer gaming shop, or certainly one of them. And, uh, and they've actually listed it to, for this Christmas. So in all stores, so it's kind of gone full circle. But yes, I mean, we first spoke about this actually in 2012. And since then, sales have been really strong on Sabutio. We've got a TV campaign that's going on, voiced by the great John Motson. Mm. Um, and yeah, we're hoping that we are, well, not hoping, we are uh, appealing to a younger generation. And again, releasing the the England women's team as part of that, you know, so it appeals to to the next generation down as well as somewhat older people like myself. There was some talk of you producing a video assistant referee set. Is has that happened? I'm afraid it has. Yeah, <clears throat> ah, I'm okay. sorry about that. <laughs> but you can you can march your little referee over to the uh, to the little VAR screen and have him stand there looking thoughtful while he makes the wrong decisions. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Just like real life. And is all the paraphernalia from the past still available? I mean, obviously it'd be expensive. You know, do you still make the St. John's Ambulance men? Do you still have all the stands and the floodlights? I mean, are there or not? Well, is that just too expensive these days? Well, <clears throat> some of it we do. So we do the fences. We do a replacement set of balls because they, they always seem to go missing or yeah. eaten by the mm. cat or something. Uh, who knows where they vanish off to. But uh, we have the referee set, which has all the officials in. Uh, we also have the fences, which you do need because the fences stop the ball flying out into the cat or mm. wherever else it might go. Um, but in terms of the, I'm looking at things like the floodlights and the stands themselves are really are quite expensive. And I don't know in this day and age whether people are going to want to spend the sort of money it would take to, to build up a stand. I think people who are that keen might do it themselves anyway. And in fact, people do. I've seen posts on social media of people who've built their own stands around. Floodlights and scoreboards are the two that I'm looking at uh, introducing. But uh, yeah, at the moment, it's a reasonable set of accessories, but it's, it's pretty much everything you need. Most of what you need comes in the main game. So, And was it just the football, the football you took on? Because there was rugby, there was cricket, there was angling. I've seen one from nine. Yeah, Sabutio angling. (laughs) Be still my beating heart. Can you imagine playing Sabutio angling? I can't imagine anything (laughs) much more fun. Uh, However, however, sadly, uh, no, I I had Sabutio cricket and I had Sabutio rugby as well once upon a time. Mm. You had to drop the ball in that kind of big plastic scrum thing. Do you remember it dropped out? Most peculiar. But I'm not sure, to be truthful, that... that, uh, and hopefully uh, our friends at Hasbro won't kill me for saying this, but I'm not sure that they were quite as successful as a game uh, as the football. They, they were always a little bit contrived, I think, yeah. um, because Sabutio was so successful. But I think if we stick with the football, um, as I say, the figures are, are a lot a lot better now. They don't break anymore. You know, it used to be a, a pain known to no man when you trod on a Sabutio mm, figure. It was agony. But now they kind of bend. Yeah, <laughs> they, they kind of bend now instead of snapping. Um, so they're... they're I wouldn't say they were indestructible, but they're they're a lot uh, they're a lot more secured. Yeah, one of the listeners, did. one of the listeners saying he never quite got over the fact he knelt on Archie Gemmell. I mean, it's uh, oh. but that wouldn't be the same anymore, of course. Yeah. Yeah. he would just bounce back, Archie. No, he would just bounce back. Although he was quite a spiky character, wasn't he, Archie Gemmell? He so was, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> you would you wouldn't want to kneel on him for too long. But uh, no, it was agony, and if you trod on one, you know, or knelt on one, like you say, it, there, there was no pain known like it. I don't think. Mm. But uh, no, it, it was. Uh, these days, there are a lot more. We actually got a video of a truck r- dr- driving over a, a Sabutio player just to show how durable he is. If you're playing in the road at any point, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. you never know. Exactly. It might happen. 
And, well, and, exactly. If you're having a game in the middle of the street, then at least you know the players are safe, yeah, even, yeah, if, you're even if you're not. Yeah, that's true. And is it sold in other territories around the world? I mean, obviously, <clears> you know, football is played everywhere, so you'd imagine well, wherever they have a world football, championship yeah. and they all come in, don't they, to play that? They do. They mm. do. They do. There is a we, yeah. There are world championships of, of uh, table football and so on. Um, it is sold in other territories. It's very big in Italy. Um, it does reasonably well in France and in Spain as well. Um, the the odd. One out, unsurprisingly, you might think, is Germany. Germany have their own game that everybody goes weak need over men of a certain age, which is called tip kick, I think, or something similar. Mm -hmm. um, so Sabutio never really got any traction in the German market. But it does. It sells very well. Italy and Spain are particularly strong, but still the UK and Ireland lead the way, I'm delighted to say. And what did the, a set these days cost them was sort of 35, um, between 35 and 40 pounds. Is that right? To, to, to Hang get... on, sir. You've obviously oh. bought one recently. 39.95 is the RRP, although, <laughs> uh, you know, other <laughs> other RRPs are available. But yeah, that's the general. So 40 quid. And it's been, we, we've tried to hold it at that for the last few years. So I think it still represents good value. It's a different way of playing from computer games, mm. you know. And I love computer games. I'm, I'm not going to diss them. But uh, they, they, you still interact through a screen, even if you're playing with friends doing it. Whereas, you know, as, as we all know, Sabutio is very much sort of um, uh, an in-face game. You know, you're right, you're right playing with somebody and you're interacting directly with them. So I think there's still a, um, a big market for that sort of thing. And we're finding that, you know, during lockdown, sales were really strong, as they were for a lot of board games and jigsaw puzzles. And people really yeah. wanted to interact that way, I think. So, yeah, sales are, are going very, very well for us. And this year, obviously, with the Euros for the ladies and then the... Uh, the World Cup at the end of the year, hmm. um, we're, we're seeing very, very strong demand from, from our retail partners, yeah. Nice one. Look, good to talk yeah. to you, Richard. Thanks very much. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for your time. Richard Wells there, the Managing Director of the Subutio Makers University Games on the news that they have brought out for, uh, to coincide with mm. the... Uh, Women's European Championship, which will bring you here on TalkSport, a women's football edition. Andy, what you got there? Tip kick. It's good. That's the German version, is it? It's well, basically, the, the player's got a button on the top of his head. You have. You press the, have. Yeah, it's like a striker. You, you press the button and the, his foot goes, that's it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. So there we are, that was this afternoon's show. I'm uh, off to buy a Balthazar champagne oh, you are and then go and get your sabutio as well <laughs> so uh that's all um yes we're back tomorrow myself and charlie lethal bizzle amongst our guests yeah. charlie's old mate lethal bizzle you wouldn't have put them together yeah. as friends but apparently they are they haven't spoke to each other for 11 years so obviously not that close but they will be uh, andy's back you're back on thursday thursday and Friday, fantastic yeah. for a birthday spread i do hope you can join us tomorrow for one if not podcasts will be available around four You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.